Welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz, and the 5-2 and two Seattle Seahawks are going on the road once again. Road Warriors this season, 3-0 and oh on the road, and they're taking on the 1-6 and six Atlanta Falcons. In Atlanta, early start time, and here to help preview the matchup with me, David Walker of the Falcoholic, part of the SB Nation Network. David, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Appreciate you coming on. I, I have... A little bit of an affinity for fans of the Falcons, especially because Dan Quinn being the former defensive coordinator for the Seahawks. What is going on with this Falcons team? One and six. I look at your team. I see talent on the offensive side of the roster. I see talent on the defensive side of the roster. And it's not translating into wins this year. Yeah, it, it's it's really quite surprising because, you know, since Dan Quinn got to Atlanta, obviously his first season, eight and eight, uh, he inherited a, a roster that had some problems. Uh, next season, you know, they made it to the Super Bowl. Um, he had a fantastic draft class with, uh, you know, guys like Keanu Neal, Deion Jones, uh, Austin Hooper all coming out of that same uh, draft class. And, and, you know, Atlanta was really high on what he was doing. Uh, 2017, they went back to the playoffs. You know, they lost Shanahan but still managed to go back to the playoffs, beat the Rams on the road, which I think a lot of people forget <laughs> um, because, you know, everything seemed to come apart in 2018. Uh, they suffered a, a huge string of injuries on the defensive side of the ball, yeah. really had a, a, a big collapse, ended up finishing 7-9, and, and, and a lot of fans like myself felt like, okay, uh, the injuries explain that. They're going to bounce back this year, and it's been everything. Um, whether it's the incredibly odd start uh, that Matt Ryan had to the season, where he was incredibly turnover prone, um, the offensive line uh, suffering some injuries and and playing very very poor football uh, through most of the season, uh, the the defense uh, honestly under Dan Quinn has been as bad as it's ever been. Uh, arguably, the worst defense he's fielded since he got here. Um, and then even on the offensive side of the ball, you know, bringing back Dirk Cutter, uh, he has been a, a major disappointment, uh, lacking in creativity. Uh, the issues we saw with him before, the issues we saw in Tampa, uh, an inability to get a run game going has uh, shown back up. So, uh, you know, some of this has been predictable, but really it's been a confluence of all sorts of factors, almost everything going wrong all at once. I am curious about the run game because I did see you guys, you know, toward the bottom of the league in terms of running the football. And I'm curious if if it's because just giving up so many points this year that you haven't been able to really run the ball or is it just not been effective for the offense? It's both. Um, You know, we've not had a ton of really good running plays. Uh, I would argue that it's been highly predictable. We, we've seen a lot of instances of them trotting out 21 and 22 formations and just running up the middle for you know one or two yards. Uh, and it's sort of become a, a running joke in Atlanta that if you see uh, two tight ends, you're going to gain one yard on the run. Mm. Uh, and it, it's it's been something that uh, I, I think Dirk Cutter has rightly been criticized for. And of course, when you can't get the run going early and you start falling behind, obviously uh, you have to abandon it. And then the seven games the Falcons have played this year, they've gone into halftime down by 10 or more points. Uh, So that means, you know, second half of football, you're basically slinging it. And that's uh, been a big factor as well. Wow. Well, I I like that stat because I also have another stat uh, that that ties in well with that. The Seahawks are 53 and 0 when they have a four point lead at halftime. 
<laughs> oh, you, you're not going to get any arguments from me on a prediction for a Seahawks win this weekend. <laughs> you know, if if the Seahawks lose this game, I feel like we're in deep, deep trouble because the <laughs> NFC West is very competitive. And, yes, it is. And this is a game that, that we need. It's not necessarily that... You know, the, the, I look like I said, I look at the Falcons. I see a lot of talent. I do think they have the capability to win. But the way that mm-hmm. it's been going, you know, losing to the Arizona Cardinals, losing to the Rams. And, yeah, yep. it's uh, where was the one win? Uh, Philadelphia on Sunday oh, football. OK, so the Eagles are kicking themselves right now. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose it would be. And I'm I'm also curious because, you know, Dan Quinn, he did come in. He's established a defense well enough to get you guys to the Super Bowl. You know, he was such a solid defensive coordinator for the Seahawks. But mm-hmm. I'm curious about your thoughts about Bob Sutton, because he was a guy that the, the struggles with the Chiefs defense. Holy smokes. And this is the guy that you decide to bring in to, to help out your defense. Yeah, you know, I think in uh, you can add that to the list of curious decisions. Um, and the word is that Sutton has not been involved with the play calling or, okay. or you know helping to design the defense. Uh, but to your point, it 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 just seems odd that for Dan Quinn, who has you know arguably had some success in Atlanta since he's been here with defenses, the the tail end of 2016 was incredibly strong. Um, you know, the 2017 defense was arguably what got us to the playoffs, not not even the offense. Um, you know, it, it, it does seem odd for them to fall off, especially this hard to go from arguably, a you know, a defense that averaged in the middle of the pack uh, to now being one of the absolute worst in the league, being dead last in sacks and about to set a record for most consecutive games by any NFL team in recent history without a sack. If, if they don't get a sack against Russell Wilson, it will be five straight games without a sack, which is not a record Atlanta fans want to see uh, enter into our shrines. That's really curious to me because, again, I look on that defensive line. I see names like Grady Jarrett. I see Vic Beasley. And to go for four straight games, that, the Seahawks defensive line hasn't been all that great either. Uh, but, you know, we, we do have Jadevin Clowney in there. and and <clears> just But he's been about the only one. Quentin Jefferson has been... Uh, kind of the other guy who has at least been able to get some pressure on the quarterback. Jaron Reed, fortunately, came back this last week, who was, you know, a double-digit sack guy uh, in previous years. So uh, I I have some sympathy just because we haven't been getting the pressure <laughs> on the defensive line either. But four straight games. What What's going on? Brady Jarrett, how is Brady Jarrett sackless uh, through four games? Yeah, you know, it. he's actually playing really really well and he's one of the few guys on the defensive line that is um you know tap mckinley uh has had moments uh but vic beasley is easily the most disappointing player on this defensive front um you know enough so that uh, the talk in atlanta this week has been that the falcons have been trying to trade him but they cannot find anyone that's willing to make an offer and that you know when it comes to pass rushers you know that when it comes to prime positions in the nfl it's uh right after quarterback you you sort of have to put pass rusher up there in that top tier of most important positions and he cannot get uh, you know, even uh, <laughs> six or seventh round pick offers. And it just tells you the big story with Beasley. So, uh, but the entire defensive line has struggled. The, the one thing they have been good at is stopping the run. They, they've generally done a fairly good job of that uh, this year. But where, when it comes to pressuring the quarterback, uh, they're dead last and they're dead last for a reason. I'll tell you what, 
the Seahawks. I can make this deal. I, I can try and work it out with John Schneider. I have no connections, but I'll try and make the connection. If we can get Vic Beasley paired with Austin Hooper, I, I know we can make this trade oh. happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I tell you what, that uh, we actually heard reports today that the Falcons have been getting a ton of offers from teams that do want to pick up Austin Hooper and that they've been rebuffing them. Um, with the team having moved on, uh, you know, this week from Mohamed Sanu, I do think that there's a much higher likelihood that we we get Austin Hooper locked up for the long term. He has mm-hmm. turned out to be uh, a very special player at tight end, and I think Atlanta fans would be very upset if we let him go at this point. Well, obviously, with the Seahawks losing Will Disley to injury in the Browns game, you know, that's that's been a position of need now, and mm-hmm. and I'm so I'm actively scouting. And with the trade deadline coming up next week, yeah, Austin Hooper is one of those guys I have my eyes on. But yeah, I was a little bit sad to see that uh, not giving him up. But that that kind of makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we we, we want to keep him, especially with uh, the years uh, we've spent trying to replace uh, Tony Gonzalez. We we finally have a guy who's uh, worth keeping. I think uh, our fans would burn Flowery Branch down if Hooper was traded. Well, you guys have uh, you know some other questions on offense right now Matt mm-hmm. Ryan at quarterback went down with an injury he's a guy who has not missed a lot of starting time do you think this injury is severe enough that he's going to miss the game on Sunday yeah the, the last time he missed the game was in 2009 yeah. um, and it was you know his second year and it was because of a high ankle sprain uh, I believe he missed one and a half games uh, that season so uh, this year the injury the reports we've gotten is that it's a high ankle sprain. So uh, history has repeated itself. Uh, I I do think more than likely he's going to miss this game against the Seahawks. Um, he has not practiced at all this week. And usually, you know, Thursday is sort of the benchmark day for players. If they haven't practiced, uh, there's a really good shot they're not going to make it. Uh, also on that list, the guy you just mentioned before, Grady Jarrett, yeah. hasn't been practicing, probably not going to be in there. Uh, Seahawks are getting a, a, a banged up, Atlanta team that really couldn't afford to have anyone banged up to begin with. Well, and I see you know, Desmond Trufant is questionable. I see James Carpenter yep. is questionable as well. So that's, I mean, four players that are impact players that are, that are wounded right now. Yep. It's uh, I, I would be uh, surprised if Trufant gets back in there. Uh, you know, same sort of uh, issue with him uh, foot injury and, and he has not been practicing. So yeah, I, I think you're going to see Matt Schaub, um, the the veteran, I think he's like 73 years old right now. Um, he'll be back there slinging the ball, and uh, I'm not sure what to think about that. It, it should make for, at minimum, an interesting Sunday. Yeah, Matt Schaub and Matt Bryant. Which one is the older Matt? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think between the two of them, you're, you're looking at about 30 years of Social Security checks. <laughs> Oh, Matt Schaub, that, uh, that's a name that takes you back to 2013 with the Seahawks run. He was the Texans quarterback, and the Seahawks won the game on an intercepted Matt Schaub pass uh, by Richard Sherman. So that's, that's kind of fun yep. that we get to go up against him this year. How, how is it that Matt Schaub is backing up Matt Ryan? Why are you guys not having like some grooming some young player behind Matt Ryan? Well, in reality, we did have somebody in camp. Kurt Benkert uh, was someone that the the team was very high on, but he got injured in the preseason, ended up on uh, IR. And uh, I think rather than bring someone else in, they just decided to roll one more year um, with Matt Schaub, help him to get over that age 65 line towards retirement and, uh, you know, send him off into retirement in the right way possible. And honestly, it it was one of those things where uh, I think many fans thought, hey, if, if Matt Schaub has to come in for some reason, 
reason that something has gone horribly wrong. Well, here we are. Something has gone horribly wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's how the Seahawks have treated the backup position to Russell Wilson. You know, if 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 Russell Wilson goes down, you're just not going to win any games. And, right. and so it doesn't really matter who the backup quarterback is. But at exactly. least you, you have a seasoned veteran there. So uh, I am looking at your article on the Falcoholic, David and Grady Jarrett. Uh, you also bring up the name of Tyler Davison. And that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a name I'm not familiar with, but I am concerned about the interior of the Seahawks offensive line. And so knowing that you have Jarrett, who, like you said, may or may not play, but it, who else? I know you said there's no sacks yet for the defensive line for the Falcons, <laughs> but who do we have to worry about on that defensive line? Well, I mean, if Jared plays, obviously him. Um, Davison is more of a run stopper, so he's he was brought in uh, from, you know, used to be a Saints player and has been really, really good against the run this year. Not someone that's going to generate, you know, a lot of the pressure up the middle. Um, it, if Jarrett can't go, the the names to pay attention to. Adrian Claiborne uh, has been coming in on, on nickel sets. Uh, does a, a fairly good job of generating pressure. Um and uh, <laughs> Tack McKinley will slide in, uh, you know, slide inside sometimes on nickel sets. He can generate a ton of power, uh, you know, with his uh, speed to power rush. And uh, so he's someone I think if if they're going to generate pressure, it's going to have to come from, you know, a select set of names. And those are two guys to pay attention to uh, the rest at, at this point. It, it's it's a crapshoot. And looking at the secondary, obviously, Desmond Trufant. Probably missing another game. You guys have the bye week coming up after this week, so I guess it does kind of make sense to rest some of these guys. But in the secondary, you know, Keanu Neal down too. Who who is left in the secondary for the Seahawks to worry about, especially with Russell Wilson coming into the town? Uh, absolutely nobody. <laughs> uh, in the past, I would have said Ricardo Allen is uh, you know has before this season has been an incredibly good uh, free safety sort of under the radar nationally, but uh, has played really well under Dan Quinn's defense. He has struggled this year. Um, and honestly, I don't think you can throw him under the bus because the entire defense has struggled so that, you know, it's not a fair criticism just for him. Um, Demonte KZ, when he was playing well last year was someone who uh, was tied for the league lead in interceptions uh, in 2018. So he is someone that, you know, if they put him back into that safety role again, uh, I, I think could uh, have an impact. Kendall Sheffield is, you know, the guy who's playing in place of uh, Desmond Trufant. He's shown flashes of uh, playing well, but he's a rookie and yeah, he's going to make those mistakes that rookie corners make. So uh, honestly, this, this is a secondary that uh, if I'm Russell Wilson, I am, I'm licking my chops. All right, David. Well, let's take a quick break. We'll come back. And I do want to get your prediction for this game. Talking with David Walker of the Falcoholic, part of SB Nation. Of course, to subscribe to any SB Nation podcast, you can go to SBNation.com forward slash NFL podcasts. And David, I I want to get your prediction, but I, I do want to get an idea of the strategy on offense, because if Matt Schaub is the starter, do you see mm-hmm. him as, as a guy who's going to sling it to, to Julio Jones, to Austin Hooper, or do you really think they're going to to really try and go back to the ground, get Devonte Freeman going and try and attack this Seahawks defense on the ground? I, I do think if Schaub is playing, and I think it's a, a high likelihood that they will try to get the running game going. 
Uh, in particular, you know, obviously Devontae Freeman will see the majority of snaps. Brian Hill is a guy that uh, is going to get a lot of the snaps because Edo Smith is out with a concussion, mm-hmm. um, and he's someone that is a more physical runner. So I, I, I think you'll see him uh, platooned in there as well. Uh, I don't. I think they are going to try to limit how much Schaub slings it, but uh, at the same time, he did a fairly good job when he came in at the end of the game um, this past Sunday. Uh, he is someone that he's got a plenty of experience throwing the ball in this league um, and, and with receivers like Jones and Ridley and you've got Hooper out there uh, I, I think you have to let him let loose a little bit to take some of the pressure off of the offensive line you know to spread the field out a little bit more uh, rather than just solely you know relying on the run game so I think you'll see a mix but I do think we'll see a higher percentage of runs yeah well I looking at the stats 73 uh, percent of the Falcons yeah. have, uh, plays have been pass plays only 20 percent running plays so it's really surprising to see really that uh disparate of a uh, I mean have you seen that as an offensive strategy in the past or is this just kind of an anomaly uh it, it's it's an anomaly and it's I think uh you know goes back to what we we're saying earlier when when you fall behind as much as you do uh the first thing to go is the run game and uh, that's certainly been the case this year okay so where is your prediction leading you in this game david yeah you know i think ryan's gonna miss i think jarrett there's a high likelihood he misses and those are two of the best players on this on this team right now uh honestly i think you know we're looking at uh, a blowout uh i wish i could predict something else (laughs) you know a hard-fought close game uh but without ryan without jarrett this feels like a game where the seahawks are going to win by at least 10 points probably more Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if we saw something in the line of 35 21 well when i looked at the spread yesterday it was five and a half points it's moved to about seven points now Five mm-hmm. points just seemed I I just look at all the other teams and we see an NFC West team go in and and because we've had so many common opponents to this point already. Mm-hmm. And it, it feels like, yeah, we'll see blowouts by uh, the, the 49ers. We'll see blowouts by the Rams and then the Seahawks will play a team and they'll win by less than a touchdown. So I, <laughs> I I'm prepared. I'm prepared, David, for this to be a close game and just to have, uh, cause we've had so many this year. The, the Cardinals was the only game where we went on the road and got uh, a win by three scores. So I'm preparing myself for this, uh, uh, just the inevitability of this being a close game. <laughs> Uh, you sound like a seasoned fan. I have a lot of respect for that. <laughs> I appreciate that. And I do have some respect for, for fans that are going through a tough time because I just know that, you know, seeing Drew Brees go down, seeing Cam Newton go down, you're going, mm-hmm. okay, this is the Falcons chance to step up and take control of this division. And then to go one and six and, and to hear all the calls for the head coach. Do you, do you really think this could be, Coach Quinn's last game for the Falcons? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Uh, when the Falcons were sitting at um, one and two, one and three in that time frame, someone asked me if uh, I thought he could be fired uh, before the end of the season. And I said at that point, I think the only way he gets fired is if he goes into the bye week with a one and seven record. Mm. Uh, one and seven, you know, the Falcons have that bye week right in the middle of the season, uh, cuts it perfectly in half. It's if you're going to make a move in the middle of the season, that is the per- perfect time to make it. Um, and, you know, otherwise, I, I felt like Arthur Blank would give him the full 16 games to see what he could do, see how he could recover. Um, but, here we are. Uh, my prediction was one in seven uh, could lead to a firing, and, and I think that's going to happen. Uh, so, yeah, I think 
after Sunday if the Seahawks come in uh, and, and blow them out like I think is a, a high probability. Um, I think Monday morning we could be hearing about uh, Dan Quinn being fired. Well, as much as I hate for that to be the case, I would also hate to be the team that causes him to to keep his job because I, I don't want to be five and three <laughs> after this week. I'm going to be six oh, I, and two. I don't blame you. And there, there's, there's something a, a bit artistic about the fact that, um, you know, it was arguably the Seahawks that helped Dan Quinn get his job with the Falcons. Uh, it, so it would seem almost, uh, you know, apropos that it would be the Seahawks. It would be his last game with the Falcons. Yeah, so. I don't like that. Let him finish the season, guys. <laughs> Come on, David, pass it on to your owner, Arthur Blank. We'll try. We'll keep, try. Keep him through the season, or at least don't fire him after the Seahawks uh, game. Yeah, I, I, I do think there's a possibility uh, he'll, he'll make it to the, you know, the end of the season. But uh, I'll tell you what, there's, there are a lot of fans in Atlanta ready for this to come to an end. Yeah, I, I don't like the media calling for it every single week. That, that's been bothering me a little bit. Yeah. I, you know, I think uh, it, it does get a little bit old. Uh, and honestly, uh, it, it was never going to happen uh, until the bye week as soon as so it, it's, yeah. it's somewhat, uh, I, I don't know. It, to beat on that drum repeatedly to the players and to the coaches. Uh, I don't particularly care for it. Uh, that's why I said uh, early on when I was asked uh, on radio, what do you think it's going to take? It's going to take one and seven. We'll talk about this at the bye week. I did not actually think it would end up at one and seven and we'd be having that conversation. But uh, yeah, here we are. Well, David, really appreciate you coming on. If people want to find you on Twitter, if they want to go check out some of your latest articles to kind of scout uh, the opponent before the game coming up on Sunday, where do they go? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Head to thefalcoholic.com. Uh, you'll find a ton of articles there daily. Uh, we've got a lot of features about the Seahawks, uh, about their matchup history, about how our uh, two units uh, fare against each other on paper, at least. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at FalcoholicDW. Uh, I love talking to Seahawks fans, and uh, we've got a little bit of a shared history that uh, I like to reminisce in. Yes, we both got beat by the Patriots in the Super Bowl. So screw the Patriots. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not, now, now I definitely need that alcoholic part of the alcoholic. So. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> David, appreciate it once again for coming on. And uh, best of luck on Sunday. Please don't fire Dan Quinn. <laughs> oh, thanks for having me. A big thanks once again to David at FalcoholicDW on Twitter. Be sure and head over to FieldGoals.com. Mookie Alexander has an article on the Seahawks fan pulse. Horse fan confidence taking a hit with their second loss of the season, losing to the Ravens last week. Looks like it's right around 50%. Mookie Alexander has the details. Of course, he says it could be worse. The Atlanta Falcons down at 0%. 0% after the loss last week to the LA Rams. So have a little sympathy for your Falcons friends. And gosh, it's it's going to be bad news if, if we can't get the win in this weekend at Atlanta. But if they do it, the Seahawks go to 4-0 and on the road, which would be just an incredible road start for the team, allow them to go into the second half of the season at 6-2. and That's nice. I, I like the sound of that. So uh, let's hope that's what we're looking at. And if I'm not back here on Saturday with another show, we will talk to you on Sunday after the game. Go Hawks!